Hi, I'm Richie Mackay. And I'm David Bolt, and you are listening to the Wrong Bias Podcast. And on this week's show, we are going to be talking to Jamie Chesney. He's going to be discussing his new role with um, Bowls England, the addition to the family, and just some general Bowls chats. Jamie will also be going through our seven-up questions. Due to the current circumstances, obviously we're a little bit limited with regards to being able to provide you any results, so Richie's roundup may be very short, if nothing at all. Talking about the old second man position and, and what the roles and responsibilities are, following on from our lead position from the last show. And we'll also be just doing a questionnaire that's been bouncing around on social media recently. The two of us are going to have a little bit of a bash at that one. And we also have our usual competition, sponsored by Alex Marshall Sports. Uh, so the main thing is, we hope everybody's staying safe, and we hope you enjoy this show. A little bit shorter than usual, but we hope you still enjoy it. Well, mate, here we are again, number 12, another different show. Uh, different indeed, yeah. Yeah, just for any listeners, we've got Davy on a, la- a satellite link from Silksworth, so, there's, <laughs> so you'll have to bear with us if there's any time delay between us. I like to think of us as being the Ant and Deck Saturday night takeaway because they both did theirs from home last night as well. So if it's good enough for Ant and Deck, it's good enough for us too. Yes, and let's just hope that we uh, hopefully have an audience and not without an audience. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anyway, mate, um, one thing that's been keeping us entertained, especially on Facebook, were these uh, boards videos that's doing the rounds where they um, bowl through obstacles and to hit the jack. I don't know whether you've seen the one where the lad bowls it up the paved driveway and it comes back. Down down the the down, right? Can you imagine being his mate getting the phone call earlier on in the week saying, Can I borrow your balls? Oh, <laughs> I, I need problem, need problem. And, and then seeing them coming down the cobbles. Yeah, I must admit, that was my first thought when I saw it. I went, Oh my word, the scratches on them balls has got to be unbelievable. I mean, you so can, uh, you'll hear this sound of Thomas Taylor's ka-ching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, was definitely the first thought that went through in my mind. I was like, oh my word, they are going to be scratched a bit. But I've got to say, um, it's been great to see some of the videos. Yeah, all been coming yeah. From across the pond as well. There's been a few on from Australia. Yeah. There's been a few on from over in the UK. Um, and it just it just keeps balls in the spotlight. It just, you know, there's obviously people can't get out there and play, but I, I, I don't think any promotion is, is bad promotion no, in, right. in a lot of respects. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, been I mean, really good. I don't know, did, did you see the one with the, the lad from Redden? Where he, it was probably the first one that went on, where he went through the toilet roll, missed the bottle of booze under the chairs, and trailed the jack against the radiator. Was that? Did it? Did, was it going across some wood floor? And, it was. And yes. The chair? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was, was a good one. Was that? Am I, I might be wrong. Here. Was it BJ Biles? That's the that one. On? That's the one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was a good one. That one. It's. Um, it, it missed. It missed some of the chair legs and that by millimeters as did. well, didn't it? So how many times do you think he tried? How many, how many times do you think he, he got that? Could right, have been that was first time. Obviously. First time. First, first time. God. <laughs> Would he be more panicking at hitting the toilet roll or the booze? Take six hundred and forty-three. Oh no! God, that bloody chair leg. Move that chair leg again. <laughs> Get out of your way, woman. <laughs> I bet, there's a, I bet there's a few damaged sideboards over oh. the next two or three months, that's for certain. And something else that seems to have been um, also 
quite prominent on Facebook, and I think it's because we're all stuck in the house, but there's quite a number of lads who I've seen, a few of me mates, who are all shaving their hair off because they're thinking, well, by the time we get back out of into civilization and get our hair cut, we're going to look like Shaggy. So <laughs> I think they've gone for the uh, brave and the shave. So Mr. Farquhar, my uh, my best pal, was on last night, and he's he's taken his off right down to the bone, and he looks currently like George Dawes. We were asking him <laughs> last night where his drums were. So it took a little bit of a build-up for me, but I've taken mine off and I look like a monk because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realise how thin I was going across the centre of my head. So <laughs> was, was there nothing so, coming down, mate, when she was doing that bit? <laughs> oh, she, to be honest with you, when, she, when, when Leanne walked in and saw us with me hair shaved, she wasn't a happy bunny, like, but <laughs> by the by, it seems to go to the hairdressers. But it had a little bit of a thought, obviously, in this in these times. I know I know money's money potentially short for a lot of people, but I just thought it would be great that if anybody is thinking about doing that sort of thing, then why not try and put it to a good use and I'm going to get somebody to donate £5 for, for mine um, having mine shaved off I'll put my picture on later on which everybody can have a laugh at I'll put Mr Farquhar's picture on and I just thought if you are going to shave your head then potentially see if we can get five people or one person to donate a fiver and do- donate it to your local food bank or to the NHS or you know somebody who is really really you know helping us through this awful time so I just thought it might be something that we can do just to help the situation so I've done my bit mate I don't know about yours I don't know if yours is going to come off but um, you'll love Farquhar's picture he looks about he looks about five year old mate I look forward to it there's two men I'm going to have to definitely have a mention to because they they seem to be bigging it up and and egging us on to do it but Mr James Sneller and Mr Josh Minto come on get the shears out and get that hair shaved off (laughs) he's a raw talk but when it comes to actually doing it there's nothing there (laughs) and now we catch up with Jimmy Chesney Jimmy, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you, yeah. There's a little bit of a delay, but I can hear you. No problem at all, mate. Obviously, it's a little bit a little bit trickier than usual because we're doing it via phones yeah. rather than the uh, the, the normal uh, two of us sitting in a room. Uh, thanks very much for coming on to the podcast. Much appreciated. No problem at all. How's things uh, in the current circumstances? How are you, how are you managing through the, the old isolation period? Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, doing what we're told, staying indoors. Obviously, we've got a, a four-month-old to keep us entertained at the moment. So, um, yeah, yeah we're, the, the days are certainly not sort of dragging, so that's for sure. But, you know, we've got to do what we've got to do, haven't we? So there's millions of medical experts on here now, so I won't go into all of that. But um, we've just got to do as we're told and hopefully get through it as quick as we can. It might just make people realise that uh, there's more to life than, you know, the, the things that we just expect and take for granted, I suppose. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be different once it's all over, I think. So, yeah, I mean, the, the actual sort of well, mental and physical sort of side of it, I think people are going to appreciate a lot more being out in the out in the sun in the summer. And, yeah, hopefully it will encourage, yeah, more people to sort of, yeah, like you said, appreciate what we've got and, and start playing more. Exactly. You know, this is what I've spoken to the, the clubs I'm currently working with at the moment. I've actually, I've spoken to them and says, you know, in a, in a perverse kind of way, we've got to use this situation, which I, I would hope will could potentially benefit the sport because like you've just said there there's going to be a lot of people who've been sitting in the house for a a long period of time now is the time to promote these outdoor activity sports or even indoor whatever the situation may be Um, and hopefully we'll get a lot more people maybe just having a thought about coming along and trying the sport for a change yeah exactly but my thought at the moment is uh trying to get sort of encouraged clubs to sort of perhaps plan for their two months season this year um, fingers crossed 
across. We might be able to get out in July, August time. Uh, obviously, don't know until nearer the time if that is going to be a reality or not. But yeah, just encourage the clubs to, to start planning for a couple of months and what they can start sort of putting in place now. Whether it's sort of contacting all of their their local clubs to start sorting out local friendlies or leagues, but also sort of starting to build those media links with the, the local sort of stations and trying to get their open day advertised if and when we get out there. So I think the really important thing is going to be to make anybody new to the sport this summer the experience sort of really positive and, and get them back out sort of on the green in 2021. Yeah, definitely. So that's sort of leads on quite nicely to the... You've obviously just taken up the new role within Bowls England, Jamie. You um, you did previously work for the Bowls Development Alliance and recently within about two months you've been in that post now at Bowls England, Jamie. Do you want to just expand on what the post is and, and what your expectations are over the next 12 months? Yeah, so got contacted by uh, Alger in December. Uh, I think the I think Bowls England had sort of planned to start a membership register for the last sort of two or three years. It had been discussed quite a lot within regional meetings and county meetings, and it was something that there was seen that a, a, a need uh, was there for it. So I think my role was introduced well from February this year to really start sort of trying to implement that. I obviously had a, a look at sort of what the role entailed to start with, and. Really, I was looking at it, looking at it from a sort of from my point of view as a player, um, and, and what it's all about, and what the benefits are. And I think for me, it's just the, the fact that for years we've all played in clubs that have seen decrease in membership. We've all bemoaned the fact that we don't seem to get any of the commercial or government funding that's available yeah. put into the grassroots of the sport, and we're all sort of guilty of doing that. And different clubs have tried different things to get people playing. The idea of the membership register is, is at this stage to obviously give us a clearer picture about sort of who is playing the sport and that would give us a, a lot more sort of uh, well, clarity when it comes to applying for sort of future funding and support, whether that's from Sport England or whether it's sort of um, sponsorship, etc. So the actual software that we're using is a, a system called Go Membership. It's actually right. used by about over 50 national government bodies sort of worldwide. Both Scotland use it, Badminton England, and then yeah, people from the States, Australia, etc., etc., all use this software to manage their membership. My role at the moment is just the sort of initial part is trying to get the sort of base of our membership onto there. So at this stage, we've just asked clubs to return their, their membership to Bowls England and then part of my role will be sort of getting that onto the system. We'll do the initial uh, upload of all the member information and uh, then it'll be a case of the sort of club administrators being able to, to get onto the Go membership system uh, and manage their clubs from there. But I also think it'll be really useful for them from a local perspective. It'll give them a bit more information about exactly sort of who was playing at the club they could maybe start asking a bit more questions about why they play at the club and sort of really starting to sort of focus on the facilities and services that they offer um, and possibly sort of yet yeah, make some adjustments and improvements on them in the future it's a great idea and i think it's a it's a much needed facility and a much needed tool hopefully every club jumps on board with that and and provides the information that you need and it will give some solid figures as to what the actual playing membership of the country is for the sport as well. I'm presuming that's something that's quite important for Bowls England. It is, yeah. So we would obviously be able to sort of run reports of the Go membership system. Uh, nobody's personal details would be on there. It would just be a case of the actual demographics of who are playing. So how many male players, how many 
uh, yeah, it's got got all of those those benefits as well. And a few people sort of say, well, what are the benefits to to us getting any sort of further sporting and funding? Well, if we do get any sort of government funding in the future, the likelihood is it's going to be at a grassroots level. So whether that's being able to get more support for the clubs in terms of workforce or direct funding, um, it, it, it is a long term benefit. So. I mean, like I said, we're, we're right at the very start at, at the moment and hopefully sort of in, in the long term we can start to sort of really get the support that, that, that we see other sports get. So this system's very similar to, I had a look at England Golf, they've got a very similar system. So if you go onto their membership register, it actually just asks you which club you're affiliated to um, and then you'd be able to, to log into the system from there. So uh, hopefully in the future it'll have a, a lot of benefits for national governing body but also for clubs and members and county associations as well all i would hope that every club obviously buys into what you're doing making sure they provide the correct information um and hopefully um the work that you're doing will certainly enhance the future of the sport uh, and do a lot more for for clubs within balls england yeah that's what, what we hope obviously sort of my role was brought in in february time so my sort of plans for the for march and april and may was really to sort of try and get out to all the clubs and counties meetings and, and sort of explain exactly what it's all about and sort of present the, the actual membership register. So the plans there have changed a little bit, but uh, yeah. we're all working remotely at the moment, but yet yeah, we're still sort of pressing ahead and uh, yeah, speaking to sort of clubs and counties regularly on the phone and responding to questions via email and, and the response has been sort of, yeah, generally positive. So yeah, fingers crossed. Jimmy, have you um, have you braced yourself for? There's, there's a lot of club secretaries out there who's obviously been, shall we say, doing the job quite a while. Have you braced yourself for the negative reaction that you might get to not wanting change? Well, I mean, it, I think it's just a case of, of showing sort of what what the system can bring. So, in terms of the data protection side, I, I won't go too far. Into yeah. But having one nationally based system is obviously going to be sort of probably far more secure than having 2,000 different operating systems around the country in terms of different clubs might still use sort of paper trails or notice boards or obviously personal laptops, iPads, etc, etc. So yeah. in terms of the, the club's actual uh, practicality of it, um, I think it's sort of it, it may also provide them with an easier handover in case there is a change in administration for some reason, which may not have been foreseen. Yeah. Uh, it'll just be a case of that club then logging into the, to the membership register uh, and they'd have their full membership details there. So, yeah, hopefully it has a, has a few other benefits. But yeah. I think it's just trying to yeah, push all of the positive and, and, and beneficial sides to it. The important part is the buy-in from everybody. Um, it's, you know, you can... You can graft and graft and do all of the all of the work that you you know you need to do but it can only be, be made easier by everybody buying into what it is and, and what the benefits are going to be so I really hope anybody who is listening and maybe our secretaries are involved within the committees you understand that this is for the good of, of the sport and their own clubs as well so fingers crossed for that one yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah I mean the other thing I'd just say probably is fully appreciate that, that the majority of the sort of workforce in the sport is volunteer based and this is sort of potentially adding a, adding a bit of extra workload to them but yeah I can sort of obviously for the long term plan is to try and reduce it for them and, and make things as, as easy as possible in the future so yeah possibly sort of yeah long, long term gains we hope definitely
great stuff. Well, we'll leave the uh, we'll leave the administration stuff to one side for now, then, Jimmy, and we'll um, we'll move on to the great news that you've obviously just been talking about earlier on. Four months ago, you've uh, there's been an addition to the Chesney family, yourself and Natalie. Um, do you want to give uh, everybody a few details about that who maybe don't know the situation and how is this going to yeah. change the dynamics with yourself and Natalie, who are obviously two international bowlers heavily involved within the sport? Has it made you have a little bit of a different outlook on life? Uh, yeah, definitely. It was in December, uh, December the 2nd, Eliza was born. So obviously we've, we've been thinking about what it was going to sort of mean to us and we both had planned to play in sort of some degree this season, probably reducing what we were going to play by, by quite a bit. Uh, I haven't myself played a huge amount outdoors over the last few years. So yeah, we, we were really just going to sort of see how it went and then sort of make plans from there. So obviously it, it does just, well, it just changes changes absolutely everything your sort of your number one priority in life is just sort of in this household now and yeah everything sort of tailored to, to what's going to be to what's going to be best for her so we haven't made any sort of long-term plans in what we want to do i think it's just going to be a case of see how it goes and obviously keep playing as and when we can but um just just see what happens over the course of the next sort of few months and years and just adjust it to that so neither of us we've both had sort of breaks from playing in the past and issue with doing sort of that as well so um, I think it's yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's, it's worked quite, quite well for you in the past hasn't it Jamie because yeah. I, I wouldn't be wrong in saying that Natalie's probably got a preference for outdoors and you've got a preference for indoors so it's sort of it's worked well where you, you could potentially work that between the two of you possibly yeah I mean Nat hasn't played indoors I mean she had one year indoors before the Commonwealth last time but apart from that she's not played indoors for, for about 10 years or so and hasn't got any interest in it either so yeah during the winter time it sort of frees me up to play but again I probably don't play a huge amount I've got sort of probably got quite a lot of other interests sort of thing in terms of yeah sport and activity and, and things like that so yeah I like to try and keep a sort of nice nice balance really yeah. I find if I play sort of once a week something like that I tend to then look forward to playing rather than it getting to the to the stage where it's not bowls again tonight and start to become a bit bit relentless so for me uh, breaks work pretty well and then it sort of increases my enjoyment when I actually do play and, and obviously the pedigree Eliza's got I'm, I'm amazed that when she came out she didn't have a ball in her hand and took a ball out for a six to be fair because she's got some pedigree she's got two parents uh, who's, who's certainly going to um, if she ever decides to take up the sport um, I'm, I'm sure she's she's going to be quite handy yeah possibly I think she's uh, certainly be encouraged to play sport of, of all types that's for sure so yeah, yeah. We, we were both really lucky when we were younger and had parents who took us to all different types of sport whether it was yeah football cricket I know Nat done a lot of swimming badminton when she was younger as well so yeah, we'd certainly encourage us to play sport, mostly for the sort of the, the social side and the team aspect of it and, and what you can learn from that as well. I think it's yeah, hugely important. There'll be more from Jimmy later in the show. Now it's time for Richie's Roundup. Cue the music. That's all from me, folks. I'm sure I left something out of that roundup.
Right then, on our last show we covered the leads position, so I thought we'd drop down the order and go to number two, mate. The general rule of thumb is you mark the card and you kick the balls back. What do you reckon? Uh, it's, uh, it tends to have been the, the common perception of a second, um, and I'll probably... At club level, I would say it's probably the player who potentially needs a little bit more experience. You tend to find that teams would generally put that player in at two. Yeah. So he's surrounded by uh, a solid lead and a third man who, and, a, and a skip who can give him the experience he possibly needs to start yeah. to move up the order. Do you think it's his um, job just to fill the head out? I think second men are, are key at different levels. I think, like I say, that, at that club level, if you have got a good second man, you'll tend to find that you've got a very strong club. Yeah. If you have then you, you like I say you tend to find that it's that newer starter in there so you just hope that they do put balls in and around the head for you and just back the lead up I don't think ordinarily if he is a, a newer starter or she is a newer starter you're going to expect them to, to potentially outdraw the lead No. Um, so I don't think they're in there to back the lead up so to speak Yeah. but maybe just to, to bring them on with a little bit of progression and then when you start to step up the level and you're getting into county teams then you're starting to see what the second man's all about and for me they are the one of the key positions um, which have, have been very much neglected in a yeah. lot of respect to be honest with you because I do think the second man not only has to be able to draw but needs to be able to learn to draw into potentially positions where you need a bit of cover yeah. or if the lead against him has, has put two right on top and there's not really much chance for him to draw close and yeah. do anything about it then called into action with regards to playing a run and ball and, yeah. and changing the head a little bit yeah. as well I think the, the Probably the, the best example that, that I've learned is probably Cumbria, mate, wouldn't it? Yeah. Cum, Cumbria of the few years ago where if the heads were lying bad early doors, they just got among us with the second man. Gass Ronnie Gass, yeah, but exactly. Bell, yeah. You know, they'd, they'd been up there, they'd been in the back end positions, but then it gradually, as the younger lads, your you Stuart Aries, your Gavin Taylors, your Trevor Taylors, yeah. etc., Stevie Farish, as they were stepping up through the order, they sort of stepped back down, yeah. but were still an integral and key part of the team because again there were still clusters in my opinion match winners because if they could create something or, or generate something out of a bad head early doors to give the better players who have moved up the orders a chance then that was key to, to turning heads around and turning matches around Do you think the second man I mean if, if it's an experienced second man he's like a, a shoulder to cry on for the third? Can potentially be a cool head as well I think the third and the skip can, can sometimes get carried away in the emotion of the match and yeah. you know they're, they're trying to do so many things and it's, um, I mean, I, I've no doubt in future podcasts we'll move on to a third and a skip. But yeah. um, that second man is, has just got the opportunity where he'd stand back, have a look at what's going on. There's nothing, you know, there's no pressure on him to be putting his ideas in there. Yeah. But he could also be just having a look and be the one to chip in and say, well, hang on a second, I can appreciate you saying, let's have a run at the head. However, if you catch that ball onto that and the jack rolls in, hey, we're four or five down. Yeah. So I think he's he or she is in that position to be able to identify potential downfalls of, of shots that are discussed between the three and the skip yeah um, I think he, he can probably the second man probably see the bigger picture can't he whereas the third and the skips were like oh let's get among us let's get among us yeah and I, and I always like to see uh, and, I, and I tend to do it a lot myself is including I, I like to include lead answer yeah, but yeah. I think primarily I would tend to maybe go and have a chat with me too first and say you know what's your thoughts and then you'd have a chat with your lead and it, I think it's really good to, to get the input of everybody but then it's getting that happy balance between three or four different opinions and the skip or the three walking away with three or four different yeah, shots in right. his head so a really really good second man will go in there and he'll say well 
this could potentially happen or that could potentially happen but I would love to see them also turn around and say look you've got to walk up there and play the shot that you're comfortable yeah, with yeah. And, and you're right a good second man is a, a really good level headed player has the knowledge and pedigree been there seen it done it and can just give that little bit of inspiration to, to potentially you wouldn't even think twice about playing a game and then finishing no. 32 27 <laughs> or something like that 59 yeah. shots in a game yeah but as you got older, Jamie was talking about, you tend to look at things a little bit differently. Yeah. And I don't think it's so much fear creeps in, but you just learn to control the game a little bit better and yeah. and understand that there is no need to play a shot if it's not necessary. Yeah. And you tend to go with higher percentage. I mean, you can you um, can see over the years where it's developed, because probably when you first started and I first started, the front two never really got involved, did they? No. No, sort of like you, mind, you were, mind your P's and Q's definitely you were spoken to if asked basically yeah. you, you, you played your balls you put your balls Mark in the your head card. step back and, and let the two guys crack on the front two used to be always well if they get turned over the front two used to get the brunt of it didn't they you were the yeah. first name with the pen through oh, <laughs> it didn't pack the heads out didn't pack the heads out <laughs> no, I was forever chasing I was leading from three <laughs> pretty rubbish <yeah. laughs> pretty rubbish the second man kept giving the shot away <laughs> Tie me, tie me hand off. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, I think that's uh, we've covered number two, mate. Like you say, we'll we'll cover three and four in a future podcasts. So yeah. onwards and upwards, mate. And here is the second part of our interview with Jamie Chesney. Thinking back to to when we first played against each other, um, quite a while ago now, but I think I was still relatively young at the time and, and you had quite a lot of hair shows how long it was ago the <laughs> national got a lot of hair. it might not be on my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh, I think with the national triples myself Gary Smith and Jimmy Lambert played you Merv and I can't remember who, you, who your third man in the triples was at the time Neil Walton it would have been yeah uh, obviously you went on to beat us and nothing's ever changed there since because we haven't beat you since so that, uh, <laughs> that set us off on a good foot straight away but you and you were saying that you can go away there's one thing that I spotted straight away with you, which was you just seem to have this natural talent of being able to step onto a ball and grain and just play the play the big balls at the right time. Have you always found that that's been the case from even when you started? Is it just something that you fell into and and just found that you took to it naturally? Yeah, probably more so when I was younger. Um, I think as you get older and the more experience you've got, probably the more sort of anxiety creeps in and you start to worry a bit more about it. But yeah, I certainly remember when I probably started to get some real success around sort of 16, 17, 18. Yeah, nothing used to sort of worry me in the slightest. It was just pick up the bowl and yeah, chuck it as close as I can and see what happens. And uh, I think as you get older, you do start to sort of realise what stuff means and probably worry a bit more and probably need to put a bit more practice in. I would say that's something I've been guilty of probably in the last couple of years. I get to to top events and I've probably not put the work in. That certainly shows, but like you said, it's probably sort of priorities. Is it one of the sort of main things that that, that I worry about? Probably not enough, but perhaps that'll, that'll come back hopefully in the next few years if I can put some more time into it. So yeah, I do remember the game you're talking about. I would have been about rink six or rink seven at Melton when that it was, yeah. it was at Stanley's pace. Yeah, I remember it well. Well, I don't know with Richie being stuck, but I don't know whether the Richie will be able to remember this. But I'm sure was that was that the year Richie when I, I think I'd qualified in the in the four, and it was at the time when there was no time limits and got to the fours final that year. But the semi final against Andy Kirtland had taken something like five and a quarter hours. But I'm sure it was around that time when there was no time limits 
Um, and obviously, you know, you weren't restricted in anything you could do. Can you remember any of that at all, Richie? There was the days where spectators just fell asleep watching. Yeah, I mean, for me, again, other people have talked about sort of getting on their soapbox here, but <laughs> on this podcast, but for me, I would turn everything to re-spots. I would try oh, and beat the game. Right, I would I'm... get the two-bowl triples, get the three-bowl pairs. Yeah. Um, people don't have the time that they probably used to to be able to play these games, and they probably want to play more of the format that they actually get to watch online and on the TV as well. Um, it, it can't be sort of too much uh, bother to put a couple of re-spots on each, each rink and start playing to those rules, and it really starts focusing the mind, and tactically it'll improve a lot of people's games as well, and yeah, I definitely think that it's the way forward. Uh, I, I, I've yeah, got to agree with you there, Jimmy. I certainly wouldn't be adverse. I detest, uh, and I don't know why it is, and I think it's just because there's so many balls packed in there. I detest triples. I just think nine balls from each player is just crazy, and I just think you end up playing a lot heavier game than what you would normally. I'd love to see triples go down to two-ball triples. I'd love to see the pairs go down to three-ball pairs. And like you've said, I would love to see the... Uh, personally, from singles' point of view, I still don't think... 21 uptakes that long so I would like to keep the the sort of the history of the 21 up game in place because I, I, I do like that yeah. and I think it, it it doesn't then come down to potentially sets look where you could win 14-3 in the first set and lose 5-6 in the second and, and potentially win the game but lose it I hate that thought for a national totally agree yeah we've got, got to stop the this is how we've always done it so we've got to keep doing it like that so uh, yeah let's, let's bring some new stuff in and obviously there's a lot more sort of going on in terms of uh, localised tournaments and open singles and things like that so all of these sorts of things are great for the game and uh, hopefully we'll sort of push every organisation on in the future as well so yeah, uh, yeah let's, let's make the make the, the game or the product sort of as, as enjoyable to play and watch as we possibly can so here's a question for the both of you because you've both played international series now I was up at Stanley and I watched the under 25 series and they had the re-spot then would you, would you both be in favour of that I thought the re-spot was great in the under 25s would you I both don't know yeah. doubt. They've, they've done it in the, in the indoor series uh, yeah for the last few years to be fair have they alright yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the re-spot on the tee uh, for me it should always or it should always be out on the side and, and the main reason I know a lot of people say oh well it takes the skill away from burning ends and starting ends again but the re-spot still favour the, the team who are dominating the game once yeah. you yeah. start dominating heads you can start dominating the position after that as well so it still benefits the, the team who are playing the better bowls in the long run yeah, definitely yeah. and I, I just can't I can't think of anything worse and I've said it for a few seasons well since since Respots came in. Can't think of anything worse from a spectator's point of view. Sitting down at national championships, watching the fours, and the fifteenth ball or the sixteenth ball of an end kills the end, and there's nothing to show for it. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see that as being something that can attract an audience. I just think it's just a waste of everybody's time. You're sitting there watching something that ultimately comes to nothing. Whereas if you had the respot, the game continues to be you know it's continuous throughout and you get a result at every end so i just don't see why that isn't just a it should be a norm for me now indoors and outdoors and it yeah it gives the spectators another thing that you can actually sort of um get into the game a little bit more and start thinking about well what would i do in this position would i cover that spot or that spot or would i look 
all in this head and rather than just knowing that someone's just going to try and blast it out of the rink and yeah wait for the balls to be carried back and start the end again definitely you are listening to the wrong bias podcast back to the WBT where obviously you, you've made a huge name for yourself on there now as well Jimmy and obviously is it a bit of a frustration for you that the International Open which was your first major success on the WBT is, is, seems to be no longer played? Yeah the situation at the moment uh, yeah the future's not not looking great we want to be able to play in as many events as we possibly can and uh, yeah probably took me sort of uh, I know sort of a lot of people's views on the top 16 and, and what it is and etc but I probably paid 10, 12 years worth qualifiers to get in there. So yeah. I feel like I sort of paid my dues to get in there and yeah. now sort of, yeah, to see, see the event sort of starting to not go ahead. Yeah, it's disappointing, but hopefully there'll be some good news, good news around the corner and, and things could get back up and running again. I had a lot of good years in, in Norfolk around that sort of time playing nationals with Merv and we actually had a sort of one of my good experience start with in terms of team events, the sort of Norfolk Liberty Trophy side around that sort of time where we had about a five or six year period where we won it three or four times and just to break up the sort of Durham stranglehold on it. So <laughs> I had some we had some good times in Norfolk around then and sort of a really yeah. nice young club and good social times as well. Just something we were talking about on last the, the last podcast that we did, Jamie, which was we talked to we were talking about the Denny at the time and obviously Exonia um have, have won the Denny again this year. So congratulations on that one. I haven't had a chance to speak to you since then. We talked about would we class this Exonia team now as being great. Uh, and my uh, I know you I know you do listen to the podcast and if you did you'll have heard my opinion it was yes. Without a doubt, do you agree with that? Do you do you feel like that is a you know one of the great teams that has played this sport now? I think we can get there. Probably wouldn't say it at this stage. So I know the the record is probably three in a row. So yeah, that's probably one of the sort of proudest things I've really got in the sport is, is some of the teams I've managed to be a part of. So obviously, currently the indoor international side as well. Hopefully, we're going for a record next year if selected yeah. on the on the indoor side. So, and yeah, obviously we've now won a couple of Denny's in a row, and yeah, we'll obviously be trying to trying to make it three next year. So, yeah, I think we've got the potential to. But for me, that's one of the sort of legacies I think you can you can hope to leave in the sport is when people look back at the record books and they think, oh, who who was a part of that team who done this? So, uh, obviously, probably yeah, got to mention Kings as well outdoors uh, in terms of the, the top club and the two four. So. Yeah, they're, they're the sort of achievements I'm really sort of proud to have been a part of, yeah, and, and to have done it with sort of either nine other mates or 15 or 23 other friends and memories that everyone's going to share is, is a really sort of, yeah, really good, good achievement. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. In my opinion, over the years of, of when I first started, I've always said that for me, Cumbria have been the Denny Kings, always have been. They've just been, you know, they were unstoppable at a time. So, um, I certainly think that, you know, the way things has gone, got a, a strong chance of obviously being able to, to match what they've done over the last few years. Uh, our final couple of years ago, that was the first time I think majority, if not all of us, had, had actually managed to win the Denny Cup, the, the big one certainly for the club bowls indoors. And again, sort of building relationships with these guys you're playing with all the time as well, and, and they're your friends as well as your teammates. So 
if you can go and, and do something that you'll remember with them, then, then that's, that's even better. Absolutely. Was it was it Chris who was playing against Rob on the extra end? Uh, yes, yeah. Christophe. Uh, yeah, I mean, so to be close. fair, he played, he threw absolutely great balls. Um, that's one of the frustrating things about our sport, I suppose, is, is the element of, of luck that's involved. I mean, he really sort of couldn't have played two balls any better and, and things just didn't roll for him. He still has nightmares about that day and I says, look, uh, the amount of times we've said to him he just could not have played those balls probably any better than what he played but obviously just didn't get the it, result that he needed. Exactly. I mean, they're not the ones that, yeah, should, should sort of yeah, give you nightmares. I mean, he, he couldn't have done any more. So, yeah, it just it happened to be our, our day that day and, and that, was, that was it. So what I'm going to do now is just quickly move on to my seven up questions, if you're okay. Yeah, no problem. Question number one, favourite green, indoor or outdoors? Uh, probably would have said Downham at Servison Club, outdoors. Rink one, specifically. Not being too specific, though, no. Forehand, <laughs> no. forehand or backhand? Or <laughs> <laughs> Three quarter legs? <laughs> Jack four yards off the end, just down the forehand, but I'm not going to be too specific about it. Yeah, okay, doy. Next question: Balls used. Uh, Henselite, Tiger, Evo, indoors, Tigers outdoors. Marvel or DC Comics? DC. That's Batman, isn't it? It is DC. Oh my god, gone right down wow. in my estimation, there, man. Best match you've ever played in? Best match I've ever played in. Probably for the standard would be the World Outdoor Pairs semi-final. Me and Shadows against Paul and Alex. Toughest opponent, either team or individual. Nick Brett. He's a one for you. <laughs> Since you come down for, come from Devon area, if you had to play with one of these two in the pairs, would you choose Tolchard or Rideout? Oh my word. <laughs> uh, well, I'd probably have to go Tolchard to be fair. I can it's just to avoid the fallout after, isn't it? Because Tyler and Sam will just control right there, Louis, anyway. So that's. Yeah, I thought you might choose Sam. He won't be sort of. Uh, <laughs> be a bit more gracious with it, then, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Future ambition in the sport. Just to probably, yeah, enjoy what I'm doing. Like I said, we haven't really got any plans at the moment. Uh, long term, we're just going to see how things go. So, yeah, just try and, try and do what, what we're doing and, and enjoy playing in and there's one one extra one mate she'll not be listening she doesn't listen to the podcast I'm, I'm honest but if you played Natalie in the singles who would win I mean I'm not getting involved no! <laughs> we, we have played uh shall we say uh, practice and warm-up matches at, I think it was the Atlantic Championships in Cyprus right. um, I'm not going to share the results uh, <laughs> I think John Bell might have a record of them somewhere but needless to say we've never played since um, <laughs> <laughs> we tried the Tolchard and Rideout question was hard enough Richie that was just a, that was just well, a body so. blow that one <laughs> <laughs> well it's been tremendous having you on Jimmy I know like I say we've talked in the past I know you do listen to the podcast so I really appreciate that and thanks for coming on and just giving us a, a little bit of an understanding of your new role and a little bit of chat as well um, there's not there's not a great deal to talk about balls results etc for obvious reasons so we wanted to keep going so it's been a great chat and a great conversation so thanks very much for coming on no worries can i just make one request for the listeners in future podcasts if possible absolutely we'd like richie to do the full welsh league results <laughs> 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 
every division every week. Um, I remember the very first one that I listened to, and when I was here and there, I was folded up. Uh, I mean, I thought it was absolutely incredible. So we'd like we'd like a few more divisions worth the results if we can. I'll do my best for you, mate. I'll do my best. <laughs> I'm trying to find out if there's a league going in Uzbekistan or somewhere like that as well, because I think that would go down uh, a storm as well. What was it? Lee, who was it? Lee and Ellie. Lee and, and Ellie. Uh, <laughs> Lee and Ellie. Who was the other one? Izzy Wynn. Uh, Izzy Wynn. Izzy Wynn. Let's get busy. Let's get busy. <laughs> Great stuff, Jamie. Thanks again, mate, and look forward to seeing you soon. All the best to you and Natalie, and, and like I say, best of luck with the family, and hope to see you on the green soon, mate. Yeah, cheers, both. Thanks, Jamie. Cheers, mate. Bye. Take care. And it's competition time, and once again, we'll say thanks to Alex Marshall Sports. The competition this week, uh, we're just going to be playing for a couple of balls tops. I've got an England top, and I've got an Aero ladies top. Uh, I will put the pictures um, on the Facebook page. Which player did Jamie say during his seven-up questions he would choose to play pairs with? Was it Sam Tolchard or Louis Rideout? So you can answer the question either by putting a comment on the Facebook page you can drop us an email on wrong.bias at hotmail.com or you can send us a message or post a comment on twitter So uh, there's been a um, on social media just keeping the sport in the in the, the limelight. Um, there's been a bit of a questionnaire going around with everybody. So I thought uh, rather than us put our answers on Facebook, I thought it'd be quite a nice chance for us to maybe just um, give our answers on this podcast, mate. I think you've got the questions. Yeah, I've got the questions, right. mate. Here we go. Right, best player you've played with? I've went for former England international Jimmy Lambert. Yeah, well, I think we both went for the same. I don't think we can go against our our interview in. Both in the National right, Magazine can we were both said the same so yeah, we'll exactly. stick with that one um, best you've played against again I think I've got to go back to my seven of questions from, from a previous show and that would have to be Mr Tolchard Sam yeah well I've went I've possibly might have changed mine because I've gone for a youthful Cumbria Stuart Airy what, did, Aye, did well he play with them was it White Lights or Two Lights or something in his early yeah, days Two Lights I think he had Aye. Yeah, he was, uh, he was fantastic a... and a, a, he was a smashing lad and all he still did He's never aged either, mate. He's never aged. He has, well, the, the only thing I'll have aged is he's lost that grip, big ginger mop that he used to have <laughs> when he was a young boy. But uh, Stewie's uh, one of my great friends in the game, and I, I definitely hope Stewie will come onto the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him on. We'll have to get a translator on, though. <laughs> <laughs> All time greatest player? Oh, uh, in my era, it's, I think. Alex Marshall's got to be. Yeah, well, I, I was toying with Bryant, Willie Wood, Peter Bellis, but for me, it's probably Tony Alcock, the retiring Tony Alcock now. Um, most accurate drive? Most accurate drive for me, being a bit of a menace over the years, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pipe for Andy Kirtland Outdoors. Well, I'm going for the bearded wonder, the legend from Horton Dairy Lane, Mr. Kenneth Briscoe. Quickest drive? Quickly going back to that one about yeah. Mr. Briscoe, I've got to tell you this little quick story. Kenny played against me down at uh, what what is Rotor Park in a competition. And yeah. my, current girl, my current girlfriend at the time was sitting next to Paul Baker's girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And... Kenny hit a fire and it was one of those that he cleaned it yeah. bounced off the bat of the ball and the two girls must have been literally sitting about 18 inches 
two foot apart, yeah. the heads, and the jack flew head level straight through the middle of the two of them. <laughs> and I dread the thing. I always remember with that, I always think if that had gone 18 inches either side, it would have been horrific. Oh, think... Absolutely horrific. Yeah. I, I'm sure he's also cracked somebody's ball in half. No, sure. I wouldn't surprise he's here, he had, it, I think he's calmed down. He's calmed quite a lot now, hasn't he? Can but, he, he doesn't oh, do yes. it now. He doesn't fire now. You can't get him. He's got a dodgy back. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's a daughter sorry from to, Jane. The sorry to digress there, yeah, but I just so thought I'd drop that one in. Right, um, quickest drive? Oh, quickest drive, definitely. It's got to be Andy Walters for me. Um, phenomenal. What, what he did to me last year was just ridiculous. Yes. Well, I've gone for, for his sheer brute force, your club mate at Silksworth, Paul Baker. Because when, he, let, when Baker. he lets it go, mate, everybody runs for cover. Well, I do one because I just stand right behind the jack because <laughs> he never, ever hits anything. You give him a 16-inch spade and aim it at a cow's backside and still would hit it. <laughs> he knows I'm only joking, but no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, most reliable draw bowler you know what it is I've seen a lot of these questionnaires everybody seems to have gone in house and in the local area I'm going to go for a lad who under 25s over in Jersey and I'm not joking is the I would definitely say it's the best leading performance I've ever ever been a part of he was leading for me in the pairs and I actually walked off feeling quite dejected because he played that well and I think we ended up getting nicked in the game and I was skipping so I obviously didn't do that good a job <laughs> but Mike Bowley from Nottingham area or Derbyshire area uh, absolutely phenomenal back in under 25 days um, still a good bowler now but definitely up there with the best lead performance I've ever seen well I've gone for Gary R. Smith from Sunderland looking across quite a few of them Gary's been right up there that's why I wanted to be a little bit diverse yeah. a little bit different and, and best singles player you've seen uh, best singles player for me good friend as well I, I would say Jamie Walker's right up there I think he's got the potential to, to win everything that's in front of him if, he, if he's got the ambition to do so yeah well I've gone back to when I was a kid and he actually he coached us indoors he, he'd done a coaching thing and it was Danny Bell um, Danny, I yeah. remember Danny well. Yeah, nicest competitor. Uh, nicest competitor, nicest lad in, in the sport for me. Uh, one of the nicest. There's so many of them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna plump for Taylor Monk on this one. Um, he never. I always wind him up all the time about beating him in the in the national four semi final when he was playing with Andy Thompson, and uh, aye, he's yeah. uh, he always takes it on the chin, yeah, but he uh, should do because he's about six foot. Yeah, <laughs> I've gone for Horton Dow. I've kept it in house again. Horton Dow, Lance Keith, piece absolute gent on the green Matt absolute gent and features in many black and white pitches in the Durham County team not saying he's old <laughs> uh, best teammate teammate one of the lads who I played with I played with for a lot, a lot of years uh, I'll plump with uh, Mr Keith Avery on this one right well I've gone for Billy Ferry from Sunland because I was going through a rough time and I led for him and he actually re-energised us and I've never thanked him enough great stuff and the funniest character oh without a doubt for me he's got to be Mr Mr Rideout Louis Rideout well there's not many characters not around the Sunland area but young Jackson McKenna always puts a smile on my face definitely and most competitive uh, for me, it's got to be me, me best bud, Mister Mister Farquhar. Uh, Gary's not. Many, Gary's not too I've competitive. Seen, I've seen many toys, many dummies spat across the green, <laughs> balls kicked, ditches lifted, people planted. Many a bankside <laughs> sat on. <laughs> he is the best player in the world when he's winning. Aye. Didn't get on the wrong side of him. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he's great. well, he's, mine's uh, ultra competitive. Well, mine's a, a chap from the first club that I ever played at, Barnsworth End, and he's called Ronnie Cothart. He used to be a teacher at, at the same school as us. He took one lesson with us for two hours. He never spoke to us. That night, I asked leading for him. Never spoke to us. <laughs> he, he was 
he was a strict mate at school, I tell you. We had him frightened, mate. Had me frightened, had me frightened leading in. They were always the best teachers, though, the ones you were frightened of, I always say. Anyway, before we close, um, in the, as you know, I write for the Sun and Echo a little bit for the Bowles Report, and I did an article this weekend on the Durham County Middleton Cup win in 2000, the only time that they ever won it, and it was all good memories, getting loads of good feedback and what have you. Even the old Bar Bill story was unearthed, mate, which... <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, the truth has been unveiled Mrs Marples can stand down <laughs> Foster we know who it is now <laughs> Yes uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you just update on obviously what you, what you the sad news that you are going to update on before we go back to that one yeah. I think it's definitely worth a mention um, Yeah the, it's, it's funny how things work out um, because after following the report we got um, the sad news that our county president then um, Charlie McCain sadly passed away he was a balls man he enjoyed the game and to see the smile on his face when he lifted the trophy is something that I'll probably not forget definitely but it was a cracking weekend and, and sad that he's, he's passed away. So It is really, really sad. And I, and I agree, I remember the smile on his face. And a couple of things I remember, though, that was, you know, Cliffy Simpson was in tears. Cliffy being there, yeah. it, you know, top bowler and first time, you know, in his, in his well, it was the first time in the history of Durham. That's right. That we'd managed to win that middle in the cup and I wouldn't be out of turn by saying it came completely out of the blue, really, didn't it? Oh, without a doubt. We weren't, I mean, as I said in the article, we weren't the best team by a long chalk, but we, we got on a roll and the momentum we just ran away with it just absolutely really was cracking I mean <laughs> the, the Kingston upon Thames was it the, no, the, the Kingston upon Hull <laughs> Hull game <laughs> where y- yourselves didn't turn up for 20 minutes <laughs> delayed in traffic yeah. it was yeah was, it was it was uh, it was a, it was a very very uh, funny situation this one, cause I, <laughs> if I remember rightly would I, would I, was I old enough to have been driving at that point or was I I don't think I, I don't think you were allowed a map, mate. It doesn't doesn't matter what they say. You you weren't even allowed to read a map. It, you were well, that young. Beverly Road comes to mind, and it was yeah. definitely something. And I and I just, if I remember rightly, <laughs> I just presumed that the Beverly Road would be the road that goes to Beverly. Yeah, which didn't appear to be the case. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, once we'd worked out that getting about twenty five minutes away from the, the start of the game, that we were nowhere near, um, and going in completely the wrong direction, <laughs> um, we then just, we then just happened to hit every single bit of traffic on the way back there as well so yeah. I've got to make belated it's a long long time but belated apologies to Derbyshire was it it was bit? it was uh, yeah I don't want to pin blame at anybody but yeah well it was me I was taking us <laughs> in completely the wrong direction well, well I, I knew you were in trouble mate because we were getting phone calls and we were 20 minutes ahead of you <laughs> 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 and we'd only just hit the traffic at York. <laughs> well, I still to this day blame Keith Avery and Paul Beck for not putting us right. I was only a young boy at the time. I must have already made about 18 or something, so I blame them. By the photo, <laughs> mate. By the photo, you look about 16, mate. I don't know about that. Well, I might have been. I might, might always, have been. I've always been. always looked young with these dashing young looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. That's another show, mate. Number 12 gone. Um, it it's is. It's a little, it bit, little bit different, but um, we thought we it was good to get something out there. It might take some editing down this one because it was only going to be a short one, mate. It was, it was. <laughs> it was. Uh, 
was uh, it was uh, great chat with Jamie though yeah um, oh without a doubt it was, it was always nice to catch up with him and for me all I'd just like to say is obviously you know let's all everybody who's out there is involved in the sport I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime quickly but let's let's keep these you know these things appearing on social media let's keep everybody within the Bulls community thinking about Bulls and yeah. looking forward to getting back to it yeah. and from a professional point of view I would just love to say it to, to all the clubs out there just use this time um, instead of just sitting and waiting for things to happen potentially look at what you can do within your own clubs so that once we're given the green light and we'll get back on the green that you can hit the ball running and get some open days you know get get things in place where we can try and get people into the sport because as yeah. we as we talked about with Jamie there's a there's a huge opportunity where there's going to be a lot of people who have been stuck in the house with nothing to do yeah. and are going to be without a oh, doubt looking, really. for, looking for activities to do kids so. tigers when they come out mate aren't they oh without a doubt I <laughs> mean if this is if this is not a time for our sport to now promote get out in the fresh air get out and you know try balls then it yeah. never will be that's um, right so and, and going back to going back to Jamie's membership thing people's got nothing to do get on the, get on and do it, fill the membership database in definitely help you help your committees yeah members get in touch with your committees if you're sitting there and saying I'm bored I've got nothing to do get in touch with your committees and just say can I give you an hour or two's help that's right you know, is, there, is there anything I can help with which which might be a bit of a mundane job but it'll kill a couple of hours yeah um, so I definitely I definitely stress that as well yeah and there was one thing that we probably haven't promoted that we forgot Balls England's new YouTube channel that they're going to yes, going to yes, produce sorry, yeah. um, which I think it's Sean possibly might be doing it yeah there's um, they're going to have quite a few things on there I think um, fitness and a podcast on there which is great obviously following in Balls Scotland's footsteps so that the governing body for England has now got a podcast in place which is which yeah. is great for people to, to find out all the up to date news um, for them and I think Ellen did I say Ellen Ellen, Ellen was Fulton on was doing one um, and question and answers and things like that so yeah, it'll be good I'm sure, sure I saw this morning that um, David Corkill is going to be doing a bit of a talking as well and things like that so yeah. um, all good all good for the sport the joke, show us, you know, we're moving into a technology era now and we've got to use it to its, to its best purpose and, and get the most out of it is what we can so exactly. all good exactly right Right. Wish, well, them, wish them the best of luck with that. Yeah, here, yeah. Well, that's it, mate. Number twelve over. Oh, oh dear me. Number thirteen next, mate. Oh, someone's got to go on their peak tongue on it. Unlucky thirteen, yeah. Unlucky thirteen. Let's hope it's not a... no, exactly, mate. Right, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. Yep. Take care, Thanks, everybody. Folks. Main thing. Take care. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you for listening, and hope you've enjoyed the show. This has been a dodgy production.